Episode 67, The Rant. Michael Kitts Jr., Division I college basketball official, tech officials, referee apparel, creator. Mike already knew at an early age that keeping the integrity of the game was important. An official was and is integral in any type of game. In this pod, we discuss his come up, how mentors have helped him get to the top level of college basketball, how he helps others after him, and his new line, Tech Officials, built for the modern referee. All that and more, my conversation with Michael Kitts Jr. now. The rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, Division One referee that refs in a slew of different uh, conferences, Michael Kitts Jr. How are you, my friend? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. So um, I, I never met him in person. Uh, I know we run in uh, a similar circles. I know a couple of the D1 guys across the country that are from my local area in the metropolitan area. And um, I caught wind of his, uh, his Instagram page as well as his product, the Tech Officials uh, Referee Shirts. So we're just making a connection. And here we are. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Ralph. Glad to be here. So just really quickly, I normally ask this to all guests. What was uh, your relationship with sports growing up? What did you play? Um, what did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Yeah, so growing up when I was real little, um, you know, pretty much played every sport you can think of. Basketball being the main one with my dad, you know, being an official himself. Uh, baseball, Little League, you know, flag football, uh, soccer, lacrosse, golf. But, you know, as I kind of got older into high school and stuff, my three main sports were um, golf, uh, basketball and baseball. And then baseball being, I guess my best sport is where I played at college at Lemoyne here in Syracuse, New York. So, mm. you know, sports have been a big part of my life for sure. What position did you play in uh, baseball? I was a pitcher. So, um, that was primarily it. So I, I played a little bit in the field and stuff during high school, but by the time I got to college, I was just a pitcher. I couldn't, I couldn't hit a lick, man. So mm. my golf swing messed up my baseball swing. So they didn't want me anywhere near that plate. No. Well, if, <laughs> if, if only the golf ball was on the floor and uh, that, that would be your at bat. But I guess yeah, that's I would not have been really good if that was the case. Yeah. But nope, I couldn't hit a curveball. 
So you met, you mentioned your father and he's been an official. Was he an official yep. before you were even born? Yeah. So he started refereeing when he was about 24 or something. So that was before, you know, he had kids and everything. And, you know, he just kind of started as a lot of guys do, you know, side money, you know, maybe their basketball career was over, kind of stay involved. And it's actually kind of funny the way he got into it. He'll, he likes to tell the story, but I guess when he played rec ball, he was a huge pain in the ass and uh, was terrible with officials. So the interpreter at the time, you know, said, if you know, if you think you're so good, why don't you go take the test? And he kind of took it up as a challenge, took the test and it kind of took off from there for him. So it's kind of a funny story. Mm. And the only reason why I wanted to ask that is because that already shaped the way you thought about referees growing up because your father was already one before you were even born. So I just wanted to know moving forward, how did that make you feel in terms of the sports that you played? Obviously golf, there's a judge and there's some way and and the play speaks for itself. But when it comes to baseball, you have umpires, you have one behind the plate and a basis and you had referees. What was your relationship with refs that weren't your father and how did you perceive them? I definitely always respected referees. I mean, I'm sure there were times that I disagreed with them and, and didn't think their calls were correct, just like anybody does. But I don't think I was ever too hard on them. I never really, I respected what they did. I know, you know, keeping the integrity of the game is something that they work really hard to do. And, you know, my, my relationship with officials was always pretty good. Mm. I guess with basketball, every now and then I was a little dangerous because I guess I knew some of the rules maybe better than some of the rest did that I had. And, my knowledge maybe was a little annoying to them if I did ever ask a question, but I never got too malicious because I know they got a hard job. And, you know, watching my dad do it growing up was uh, definitely made me respect what they do. Right. So um, this is kind of like a personal question to me that I want to answer because yeah. I have a six year old and, you know, he's only seen daddy ref. He's never seen my, uh-huh. my, my life before as a uh, shit talking basketball player. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously you have a dad that has been a successful uh, referee for all this time. And is it something that he kind of persuaded you growing up? Like, Hey, you're wasting your time playing ball, or he kind of let you be a kid and let you self-discover it for yourself. How did he approach you, um, in, t- in terms of, um, putting you onto officiating? Yeah. I mean, growing up, I never, he never pushed me to, to referee really at all. You know, he was just, you know, play as many sports as he can. And, and I just kind of focused on my playing career until I got to college and he kind of, he didn't push me to do it, but he kind of offered it up as like, Hey man, I'm sick of dishing your twenties to take to the bar and whatnot. Why don't you get a job? So that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, when I started refereeing, I was about 17 or 18. I was a sophomore in college and I started on, um, on Christmas break. So when I came back to school, I had a little bit of cash in my pocket, but he never really like, you know, he just, he kind of put it out there and I, and I took him up on it, but it never, he never pushed me to be like, Oh, you got to be a referee, this and that. So, um, and at first I honestly didn't really enjoy it all that much to be honest. And I kind of, and he didn't care. So like he never, I wasn't pushed too hard to be a referee. And then eventually you get the bug, you get bit and you can't stop. So what was that bite for you? What, what made you start taking it serious, serious? Yeah. So when, like I said, when I first started, you know, just kind of grabbing cash and, you know, for school to bring back to school. I was still like 18 years old and I still kind of had that feeling that I wanted to play rec ball and play sports. I was still playing college baseball. I didn't really like it and yelled at, especially like at that time I was, 
refereeing guys that were way older than me. It just kind of was an awkward feeling to me. And then after college, I got an internship with the Big Ten Conference, working in their basketball, football, and officiating department, cutting up video for all those sports for the referees. And, you know, after about a couple months of that, just cutting up film, illegal screens, block charge plays, out of bounds, I was like, I was retaining all this information. And finally, I was like, I got to take it back out to the court. And that's when I really decided I really liked it and really started taking it seriously and, you know, studying film and trying to get better every time I'm out in the court. And uh, that was kind of what got me bit right there. Right. So now I want to hear what your trajectory was. So obviously there's an A to Z, and then you can think about it that in terms of your career, you're probably at K, right? But, you know, for people that are starting out and you know, that's really what my, my website is really geared towards because, you know, there's a lot of good information for somebody like me and you, right? We can pull up referee.com yep. and we can get a lot of pointed advice for somebody that's already deep entrenched in the game. But when it comes to somebody that doesn't have a father that refereed all this time or a mentor that is willing to be generous with their information, it's really slim pickings on the Internet. So I think it's important for somebody such as yourself that's a D1 official to talk about how you started and how you got to the point where you're elevated to the point now. Yeah. So like I said, when I started, you know, you just kind of get hooked up on your local high school board. And at that time I would just suggest, you know, working as many games as you can, because at first it's, it's a big learning curve. You could play all the basketball in the world, but once you put that whistle in your mouth, you don't see the travels and the fouls as clear as you thought you would. Um, so at first I would just say work, work as many games as you can and just get a confidence out there and what you're doing. But, you know, for me, you know, lucky enough, I do have my dad and a lot of my dad's buddies that he refereed with are now my mentors and they're a wealth of information for me. But if you can find a guy in your hometown that can be a mentor and can come to a couple, one of your games and because that's the best part for me is that my dad came to like a lot of my games when I first started and I was getting, I was, he was telling me what I was doing wrong right after every game. And that was huge. So I knew not to do that again. If you can get a mentor, you know, that can come to your games and, and tell you what you're doing right and doing wrong, that's huge for the development of an official. And then once you get some confidence in that and maybe start working some high school games is when I would suggest, you know, starting to look at some college camps some Juco, uh, D1 or D2, D3 stuff and kind of see where you can go from there. But for me, like you said, I know it's hard to find some mentors in your area, but I think that's what you need to, you know, get better as an official is some good mentors. Mm. And also, I think there's there's a big uh, disconnect between sometimes when you have such a great mentor and they're already a big, huge plus in terms of wealth of information um, sometimes we get lost in the the level that we're at as the mentee because sometimes yeah. you see like, wow, this guy's in D1. Like, I feel like maybe I can cut my time in half and then you start forgetting that you have to put in the work. So just talk about your journey of of going from, you know, high school to low level division mm-hmm. uh, three to two to then ultimately up to division one. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I started taking it seriously in Chicago is when I reached out to some people in that area you know, kind of figuring out where I could get some games and start working again, because I kind of stopped for a year. And um, when I moved out there, I was just kind of focused on the internship. But, you know, like I said, once I started watching the film, I wanted to get back out on the court. And then that's when I started working like some high school summer ball and things of that nature. But when I came home, 
Um, it was a two year internship. And after that, I came home and, you know, I got back on my high school board and was working some high school. I got in a JUCO and D3 and did that for about three or four years. Um, you know, just kind of working a lot of those games and then, you know, talking to my dad and, you know, some other guys, they said, I was start ready. Why don't you start going to some camps? And, um, a couple of years later is when I got hired in division one. And, um, that was kind of it, man. It was just, uh, you know, a fast curve and a lot of learning, but, you know, I've cut my teeth a little bit and haven't screwed up too much yet. So I'm still going strong. And we're, and we're going to continue on that momentum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you mentioned your father a lot, uh, yep. kid senior, um, and also yep. his buddies discuss yep. any other mentors that have shaped your career and how do you think it's shaped the career um, when you have mentors and, and how does it shape the way you treat them, um, the people that are after you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would love to start dropping names. I've had so many mentors and I, and I don't want to forget any, but you know, from, you know, the start of it, a lot of local guys in the Syracuse area that I worked, you know, some high school division three and JUCO games, you know, they were very helpful for me, especially, you know, I got thrown in some situations looking back on and big games that I don't even know if I was ready for, but, you know, working with some good referees, you know, they take care of you out there. And, um, you know, other than my dad, you know, the guys he refereed with that are still refereeing, um, you know, guys like Ron Tyberski, DJ Carstensen, uh, Jeff Anderson, they were coming up when my dad was getting out. And now they're, you know, at the top of their level when I'm trying to come up and, you know, you know, they just, they're after games, you know, they tell you what you did wrong. They tell you what you do right. And they're always there. They're a phone call away. And that's huge as a mentor. Whenever you have a tough game or a tough play, someone to bounce those things off of, to, you know, if it is a tough thing and maybe you handled it right or wrong, you kind of know how to do it going forward. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, it's been awesome to, the connections I've got to get through my father. And, and, you know, I'm very appreciative of that. And do you feel like that shaped you in a sense that you are more generous uh, with giving out the information that you withhold to people that are after you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would never withhold information from officials. I think, you know, the more, you know, like I'm in a bunch of group texts during the season where we're, you know, we're sending each other's plays to each other you know, if you had a situation with a coach and, you know, maybe a little one liner, you were able to kind of bring them down or whatever. I think the more referees know what works, the better for everybody. So um, if, you know, I got a couple guys in my area that are just getting into it and I kind of love, you know, I've had them over the house a couple of times to watch film and, you know, brought them to a couple one of my games. And if I got time, I try to get to their games. So you know, the more the more referees share knowledge, the better for everybody. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Mm. So I know you just talked about that you were um, in in one of a camp setting uh, just this past weekend. Um, just discuss what your mindset is in camp season, because I know that when we get to a higher level, um, normally the, the work that you do in the summer is going to dictate what your schedule is going to look like in the winter. So just to start, just discuss what your uh, your mindset is as a division one official. Yeah. So this past weekend, um, the, the consortium had a staff camp in Indianapolis and it was actually a surprise. It was one of those, I've never refereed the Nike EYBL circuit. And I mean, the talent was unbelievable. So, um, you know, when you kind of go to one of those things, 
you kind of want to do, you want to try to be in good shape when you get there. So I try to, something I work on and something I could be better at is, is getting in a little better shape. Cause I mean, at this point, there's so many good referees and a lot of them are in such good shape. So getting in shape is one on the list. When you're going to camp, you kind of try to shed a couple extra pounds and look your best. And two is, you know, at, at this point in the camp, especially a staff camp like this, I mean, you look around and everybody's a good referee and it's really hard to, you know, separate yourself from the guy next to you. So, you know, it's more than just getting your plays right, because at this point, everybody's kind of getting their plays right, you know. So um, it's picking up on the little things. If you have a, you know, a tough coach and he goes a little sideways and you can you can kind of calm him down or handle that situation correct, that goes a long way. You know, if the clocks are screwed up and, and you can pick up on clock errors because, you know, that'll set yourself apart from another official. So um, when I look at camp, you know, I just I try to be, you know, mentally sharp and, uh, you know, kind of control those things. Because at this point, like I said, you know, if you can't get your plays right, you know, you won't be on staff already. So it's trying to separate yourself in those other ways that, you know, you can show clinicians and supervisors that you know, you're really on top of your game. Uh, what are your plans otherwise for the the re- duration of the rest of the summer? Um, refereeing wise, not much. Um, I'd like to play some golf this summer. Um, and actually I uh, picked up refereeing lacrosse mm. this year. So, so I do a little lacrosse. Um, this is my first year. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm giving it a go. So I got another sport under my belt. That's awesome. I do lacrosse and I still don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not afraid to blow my whistle. That's for sure. But I mean, uh, penalties, one minute, 30 seconds. I still got a ways to go. I got to get in that rule book for that one. And and the whole flag down. I mean, it takes patient whistle to a new level, you know? Yeah, it does. My first couple flags, I was putting air in the whistle while the flag was in the air and that's a no, no. So, uh, I've kind of worked on, yelling flag down when I let, when I let one rip, because, because that's new to me, you know, you got to follow in basketball, you're, you're pumping it right away. So mm. that was new. <laughs> Would you ever consider uh, officiating baseball? Um, I've thought about it, but I don't know, something about 90 degree weather and no clock. And very, very slow, Mike, the, very slow. Uh, throwing the pads on. I know I played and I, and I loved playing, but uh, a double header, on a Saturday, that sounds like a lot of work. I mean, I'm not totally closed off to it, but I'm not, I'm not too keen on it right now either. Yeah, and and I'll, I I don't know if this uh, hurts or or helps the situation, but I, I just got hit by a line drive on Friday, and it looks like um you know one of like a category four hurricane on a Doppler on the Weather Channel. That's how black and blue my thigh looks right now, and I still love it. I don't know why. No, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that definitely didn't help my cause out at all. But um, yeah, I mean, I I remember umpires, you know, behind the pitcher or whatever, the on base getting smoked with line drives, and yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know if I'm going to pick up baseball, but I'm glad you like it. Yeah, but you know, having said that, I I would never wear. I I probably won't do summer ball, and this is probably a stupid reason, but I just can't wear pants outside in yeah. any degree weather for three. I just, I would rather do basketball because at least it's like, at least the game's going to be done. And I know I'm going to be wearing shorts, but you know, we're talking about apparel and, and clothing. Um, I know that you saw um, a, a real need because, you know, sometimes our, I think our shirts haven't evolved to, to the time as, as opposed to like a lot of the jerseys 
um, in the D1 circuit. A lot of them are Nike and they're dry fit. And we haven't got to that evolution. So just talk about the product that you uh, are carrying and how did you develop it and, and where do you see it going? Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking. But, um, you know, since I started refereeing, like I was saying, I you would I would take my jersey out of my bag and I'd kind of look at it and be like, man, this thing's lame. You know, like I know we, we could be doing better than what we're doing right now. So um, like you said, you go out on the court and the, the jerseys these kids are wearing right now are pretty, pretty cool. So I know it's tough, tough to compete with that, but I mean, just from the material standpoint, mine, it was like wearing a potato bag. So, so I, you know, looked in, uh, potentially making some shirts and over the past year, I developed a new referee shirt. It's a, it's a spandex. It's, um, it's a lightweight material. And, uh, you know, the two weeks ago, my dad had a camp in Pittsburgh and I was able to hand it out to a bunch of referees and, uh, I got some good feedback. So, you know, I'm looking to push that product going into next season. Um, hopefully the guys will like it and, um, yeah, it's going, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but, uh, the feedback at this point has led me to believe that, you know, there is a need for a better Jersey and guys are liking it. So. I'm excited to work on that a little more as well. Uh, what's that product called? Where can they find it? And what other products do you think you have on the horizon? Yeah, so um, it's called Tech Officials. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook um, at Tech Officials. And, um, you know, so with uh, actually we just had meetings in in in, uh, in Indy. And um, apparently there's going to be a new at least college basketball official. So there'll be a change there and I'm going to try to get the specs on that so I can design a shirt. And another thing I'd like to get into is the, uh, some pants. I know the pants right now, they're pretty solid and I do like this pants that we're currently wearing, but you know, there's always good to have options. So I'm trying to think of ways I can, I can make a new pant and, and get guys and maybe get some feedback on what guys might like there. Yeah. No, and we talked off air that you're going to give me some samples. So I'm going to be rocking it all summer long myself and see yeah. what it is. So I'm heading to the post office after this. I'm going to stamp uh, your label on there and we're going to get out to you today. So awesome. uh, let me know when you get that. Cool. Um, so having said everything that you said, um, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are now in terms of a basketball official? Um, you know, looking back up until this point, I think some qualities that, you know, you know, that, you know, take to get to this point is one, I think you got to be a very good listener. So, you know, you got to be a sponge at the beginning. So whenever, you know, you're getting information, you know, you just got to, you got to take it in. You might not like all the information you're getting, but just nod your head, take what you like, disregard what you don't like. And, you know, never be that yeah, but guy, you know, at camp. Have you ever heard of the yeah, but guy? Of course. Yeah. So you go to camp and someone might just just nod your head and agree. And you don't have to use the knowledge that every official gives you, but you don't want to be labeled the the yeah, but guy. So listening is one thing that I think is a is a key attribute in a progression as an official. And two is the best way to get better, in my opinion, is like I said, a mentor is huge, but you got to get film. If, if you're having trouble getting film of yourself at the games you're doing, you know, get a buddy to bring his iPad or whatever and film here for a couple minutes or because 
you know, I was doing things when I first started refereeing mechanic wise that looked terrible, but I would have never known until I got the film of it. So film study, um, mirror work, you know, just control all the things you can control. And, um, that's kind of some of the, the advice I would give to guys who really want to get better is get on film and, and have guys come film your games because unless you, until you see yourself, you don't realize some of the dumb stuff you might be doing out there, you know? Mm. And, you know, even though you are at the level where you're at, I know that you are still coming from a place that you continue want to improve. So improve. Um, having said that, um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and where do you want to go and where do you want to go in terms of officiating and where do you want to go with tech officials? Um, you know, you know, you know, you can get better after every game. So to pinpoint exactly how I'm going to get better, I'm not sure, you know, you know, continue to do the things I've, that have got me to this point, which is, you know, study film, you know, you can always get better at the rules. Um, you know, keep, you know, talking to your mentors, but in regards to where I want to go is, you know, I'd love to be a, you know, a high level division one official someday working, you know, in some of those major leagues and hopefully into the tournament and deep into the tournament at some point. Those, those are definitely my goals. You know, the ultimate goal to be a final four official like my dad once was. And, you know, you don't realize, and I respect it way more, you know, now that I'm doing it, how hard it is for a guy to get to do those games. And, you know, I kind of used to take it for granted, you know, just thinking he, he did it and it wasn't a big deal. But looking at his accomplishments now that I'm in the mix, there's a lot of competition and to be considered, you know, there's nine guys that work that weekend. I mean, to be one of those nine guys, you got to be really good. So um, I'd love to be in that position someday. And I'm going to, you know, keep working hard for hopefully to maybe have a chance at that. And then uh, in regards to tech officials, you know, I'm just going to keep getting feedback from other referees right now and um, kind of try to, you know, push the product a little this summer and, you know, going into next season when I, I think I'm going to have some guys wearing it, really try to see where it is at that point and try to expand hopefully from there. So, yeah, that's about it, man. Yeah, I think you got a good platform. And like I said, I got my own platform and uh, I'll be writing about it. <laughs> cool. Um, I appreciate that. Describe the stickiest situation that you have ever been in, um, in officiating, whether it be a college game, a high school game, rec ball. Oh, sticky. Um, that's a good one. Fortunately, I don't think I've had too many um, up into this point. Um, but nothing really out of the ordinary. I mean, we've all kind of handed out penalties and technical fouls, but um, I'm sorry to disappoint you there, but nothing off the top of my head. That that's really, good. That, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad I had no, I'm probably just got a knock on wood now because I got one coming up soon. I'd probably just jinx myself, but yeah, nothing really too, too out of the ordinary. I mean, last year, um, actually something a little, we had a, we had a, fight in a game where, where guys came off the bench, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we were trying to break up the fight and, you know, we went to the monitor and we ended up actually throwing out, uh, we didn't throw out a kid who left the bench area, you know, that's a, that's an automatic ejection in college. Mm. So, you know, one thing with that is, you know, when things like that, the emotions get high 
you know, when the players start acting a little wacky, you know, that's when we got to be our best to calm down and kind of be level-headed. And I think the crew that night kind of got, got too high as well. And, you know, it's tough to think straight when, when all those extracurriculars are going on and we didn't, we didn't handle the business as, as good as we could have. And, um, yeah, advice in situations, those sticky situations when, when, uh, when players are fighting or, you know, you have altercations, that's when, uh, at least one of the officials got to, we got to get together and, and get back to baseline so we can start thinking, you know, straight and, uh, try to get those plays right. But other than that, I've been, I've been out of the soup for the most part, which is good. Mm. Well, that's because you're on constant attack mode in terms of improving. So you probably are kind of already prepared for any of those sticky situations because you're probably in the rule book and getting your own experience as well. But conversely, um, what do you think is your best moment thus far in officiating basketball? Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's all of it up until this point has been a real joy and, and very rewarding. But, um, you know, last year was a pretty good year for me, you know, I got to work a Big Ten game. That was really cool. Uh, one at Michigan and one at Ohio State. Um, you know, when you walk in those arenas with sold out crowds and the lights are a little brighter, that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, I worked some postseason in the American East tournament, the Metro Atlantic tournament and the Horizon tournament. And, you know, that was, you know, when those winner go home games are, you know, a lot's on the line. So those were fun games and, I was pretty, uh, pretty happy. To, I think I did a pretty decent job and, um, it was rewarding to kind of work some postseason basketball this year. So that was cool too. Mm. And I'm sure it's more to come because you know, when you work this hard and you get to this point, um, only good things continue to keep happening, especially when you're prepared, when you're prepared for the yep. opportunity. Um, this Preparation has been, is key. yeah, man, this, uh, this interview has been great, man. Um, I hope that we continue to stay in touch and, and have a nice fruitful, uh, relationship. Um, you have any other final thoughts you want to say before we part ways? No, I really just appreciate you having me on here, Ralph. It's I've been following what you've been doing for, you know, I've been following you on Instagram. It feels like for a couple months now, and I really like what you're doing. So keep it up, and you know, if I can ever be help to you, and I look forward to the relationship continuing on. And this has been a good time. Cool, I appreciate it. Listen, stay healthy this summer. Play a lot of golf. Uh, <laughs> Read the rule book on the beach or something yep. um, and, and keep moving that product. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about our situation um, towards the end of the summer. But for Michael Kitts, Jr., this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We're signing out. Peace.